Well, good morning, friends. It is November 13th, dun, 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 and this is the We Are MCBS podcast, and I'm sitting here in a room. It's well lit. There's a lot of microphones and some 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 students and some professors, and uh, gosh, we have somebody that's going to graduate soon. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know what... I don't know what your morning's like, but I'm surrounded by excellence. Who am I with? Uh, me, Kayla. Hi, Hi Kayla. Hey. What are you doing today? Uh, well, I got class, and then, but most importantly, I guess I should have started with this. Most importantly, I'm going to talk about some media communication stories. Because <laughs> um, that's what we do on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. Well, cool. Uh, and who, who else do we have here? Hello, I'm Parker. Parker. Parker, what's your day like today? Um, I also have class, but I suppose I'm also talking <laughs> about media stories on this fine podcast we're on. My goodness. Aren't we scripted? Okay. <laughs> well, then, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about media-related stories. And the very first one that we didn't even talk about in the pre-show is something that both of you went and experienced last <gasps> week. Mabimba bum bum Bim, 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 bim. I'm literally glowing right now. I did not know you're gonna give me an opportunity to, to like <laughs> info dump about the Bim Bam show. Bim, 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 bim. My bim, brother, bam. my brother, and me. My brother, my brother, and me. The McElroy brothers came and did their makeup show. Right? Mm-hmm. Hurricane chased them away because you know everybody's scared of hurricanes. Well, they claimed it wasn't their. They still came here. They said they weren't allowed they to do went the to, show. They went to oh. Disney World. Yeah. They do that a lot. You notice on their Insta that they're always down here in Central Florida they, enjoying yeah. the parks? You know, I read an article about their dad, um, Clint McRoy, and he lived here for a little bit. Really? Not Where? Central Florida, but St. Petersburg. Oh, he lived for a bit, and I think he did a lot of radio work and stuff down there and moved back to Huntington to start his family. Oh, so it was like before the boys? It was before the boys, yeah. Boys were never Florida residents unfortunately that would be kind of funny they would probably be down here a lot more often yeah so uh we're talking about the McElroy family which is uh responsible for a network of podcasts that they're it's run by their their entire family and they've got a podcast for almost every every family member has something they like to talk about and they've got a podcast for it from uh auto mechanics to fishing I I made those up I don't know if those exist but They've got a lot of different podcasts, and they do a tour where they walk around and meet their fans that listen to all of their different podcasts. I know that you guys have branched out, and you listen to other McElroy podcasts, but what's the what's the big boy? What's the famous one? Uh, my Brother, My Brother, and Me, and uh, The Adventure Zone, I would say, are the two biggest. Um, my Brother, My Brother, and Me is the one they tour with the most often, because it's an advice show for the modern era, as they say, and it's a comedy show. And it's really, it's really good. A lot of good goofs. Very funny. Very funny. Yeah, it really is. And then the Adventure Zone is a and d podcast. Maybe more like a tabletop role-playing yeah, game. Yeah, that's now true. Now that they branched out a little bit. They did branch out. They um, are returning home for their third season, so. That is true. They we'll are. call it a role-playing and storytelling. You know what? I just wanted to rename it based on what you said. I wanted to one-up you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> RPG. <laughs> Storytelling. Go ahead. You guys continue. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna drink some coffee. Um. But ah, <laughs> oh, yes, that beautiful ASMR. Mm-hmm. Um. Boom. 
gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'll end up talking about them for 30 minutes. So this is like really hard. This is a balancing act for me of like balance. Balance oh, wow. their first campaign. Um, it's actually the reason why I came to the podcast at first because I was listening to them so much. I was like, well, if these three people are into it, I can try. And look, you're you're doing it. Yeah, let's just say that Kayla has been the EP of this podcast for more than a year, right? Uh, for 10 years, actually. It's oh, wow. A solid wow, decade. Wow, is it your 10-year anniversary? <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. Started when she was eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Had a lot of big ideas. <laughs> I'm gonna call her. <laughs> um, yes, you are. <laughs> what if the room was purple? <laughs> <laughs> what a good idea. Um, but yeah, their show was really good yesterday, and um, they. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna last say. Week, last week. Oh yeah, last oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Seemed like just yesterday. It yeah, seemed like <laughs> it was very. Uh, yeah fantastic um i don't even remember good joke good bit i forgot what i was gonna say well um, it was at the phillips center for the performing arts right mm-hmm. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about that venue what, what what was it like to see him in there it's really funny to see goofy people in a very fancy venue <laughs> that's so <laughs> true like the balcony seats and having everybody up there and yeah. stuff like look like you can tell that people should be wearing like I don't know, gowns or something and yeah. watching a ballet, but instead <laughs> we're listening to the McElroys make jokes about eating bananas with peels on. Like, Yeah, it's it was also really funny um, because every, uh, like half of the people were in cosplay from the Adventure Zone, which oh. it, it was really cool. It wasn't even like an Adventure Zone um, thing, but it, you know, their fan base is just, they love it. Yeah, everybody but looked fantastic too. They did. Very bright. A lot of red. Yes. You know. A lot of red. <laughs> that new up and coming D and D stream Campfire Quest really should have been there, I think, making friends and taking pictures and stuff. Yeah. I almost handed out a business card. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I almost was like, Hey, I know you said you cried over balance. Let me <laughs> <laughs> You sound like easy pickings. <laughs> <laughs> uh but then I didn't because I got scared because I was like, dang, I don't know. But I think it's funny that before the show, uh, someone started playing rock, paper, scissors with the audience. Like li- like literally the audience. They were in a balcony seat and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they were like looking down and pointing at people. It was a little horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was. Don't uh, pick me. Don't pick me. I literally was just staring at the person next to me. Like, don't, don't you dare look this direction. Don't you do it. Um. What was great was uh, their tour manager, tour something. The guy who's always with them, Paul, uh, came out and played rock, paper, scissors. Not once, but twice with this guy, which I was like, that's really cool. It was great. I think he lost both times, so that's even better. He won the the second time. Okay, I would believe that. Yeah. I know he lost the first one. He was pretty salty about it. Yeah, he came over the intercom and said he wanted a rematch. So (laughs) That was funny. It was a good time. It was great. It was fun. Everybody there was... It's like one of those situations where you're definitely in a room full of people with similar interests as you, you know? Like, everybody there is somebody I know I could potentially get along with. Well, that's an interesting point to make, too. Uh, Podcasts do a really good job of giving us a thousand different 
uh, ponds to jump into and swim around in. We used to all jump in the same ocean and enjoy the same fish and enjoy the same sharks, but now we all have our own specific entertainments we can go uh, roll around in and enjoy. So when you meet up with those people, you are going to be a lot closer in, in mindset and, and everything like that. Uh, I regret now more than ever not going last week when you went. That really sounds like a good time. It was a really good time. It was pretty good. Um, I think it's really interesting. Sorry <laughs> to keep talking about this. You open Pandora's <laughs> box. I won't stop. <laughs> I think it's really funny because um, last time I saw any of them, uh, first time ever, uh, Griffin McElroy was giving a lecture at Florida State University in Tallahassee, and I went. Um, and I think it's very funny to see Griffin in two different context because like in the lecture he was like talking about like a lot of personal stuff and um not to overwork yourself like and just mental health and stuff and then in this one he talked about eating a banana (laughs) with the peel (laughs) like (laughs) I don't know it's uh yeah it was interesting okay he was putting on different shows right because he wasn't it wasn't mabimba bimba bam up in Tallahassee it was just him talking right yeah it was it was it was a class it was a, it was like a class. Oh, he got invited. And how did you get to go to the class? Uh, I saw it advertised, and I was like, I, I, I didn't think they were gonna ever come back to Orlando because they they had just been here last year, and I was like, well, I missed them then. I can't see them coming back for another year. And then um, when I read about him doing a lecture, I was like, yeah, I got a day to kill. Um, so I bought bus tickets. And I rode the Greyhound by myself up to Tallahassee. All right. And then rode it back at 2 a.m. And it was kind of a scary experience. Caleb, but that it was the most horrifying thing you've ever said to me in your life. Um, the best part was my mom didn't know about it. Uh, I asked my dad. And my dad was like, yeah, you're an adult. You can do what you want. And then my mom was like, you idiot child. You traveled <laughs> by yourself five hours away on a Greyhound. I was like, yeah. At 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. It'd be much safer had you hitchhiked, Kayla. (laughs) No! Have you ever listened to a murder podcast? No, there's no danger in the world. (laughs) So uh, I know that we've got some other things that we could be talking about, and let's let's, uh, ramp over to our our other content for the day. And and luckily it's still TTRPG-related. That's tabletop role-playing game-related. When Parker tells us about our BFFs, and some very exciting news for them. Well, it is very exciting considering they are our very best friends in the entire world. Um, Critical Role, um, who are indeed our best friends, uh, just recently after uh, doing a Kickstarter to fund a short animation that they were going to do for their very first season of their campaign. um, And exceeding what they were asking for um and then being able to make a whole season out of it um just recently got picked up by amazon for (coughs) a second season um which is probably the biggest deal in the entire world it's literally so cool um they started like what in 2014 Mm -hmm. um on twitch it started as a home game so it wasn't even like something that they were advertising it was just friends like messing around at home playing dungeons and dragons and then they premiered in 2014 as a goof they really didn't think that they were going to make it at all um and like basically 
blew up like they became so big like even like the first couple of episodes were like hundreds of people watching at once which is like huge and the what year is it now 2018 and 19 they did that really big um kickstarter and like just just from where they were to where they are is such a big jump and it's kind of ridiculous yeah they went from uh friends playing D at a table to a multinational conglomerate they are big um they've got uh just the kickstarter was already huge news because they were trying to fund enough money like i think it was a quarter million they were after so they could fund a uh like a two minute it was a okay it was seventy five hundred thousand dollars that they were asking for for a 22 uh minute long short oh, a single episode then one episode um and their whole spiel was like we need animation we need like writers we need to pay us because we're the voice actors and it was like what two hours in three hours in mm-hmm. they exceeded that <laughs> by a bit by a little bit they kept running that Kickstarter for a week or so. And what was that end total? The end total for the Kickstarter was $11 million. That's crazy. Just absolutely. The fact that they broke, like, it took two hours for them to reach their goal. Yeah. And then exceed the goal. Like, they made, like, $2 million the first day. And then they broke $11 million by the end of the week. So there's a lot of conversations now about those Kickstarters and about the the money that they invested. Those people invested in a season. That's what they were able to purchase. 11 million buys you an entire season of animation, voice, editing, even the marketing. It's It's all wrapped up in that one big bundle. And now with Amazon, that means Amazon, as I understand it, will be funding the second season and then everybody shares in the profit. So as this goes out and makes $90 million, that's uh, $80 million. Everybody gets to split up amongst themselves and say, hey, look at us. We're awesome. Um, that's just that's just an exciting prospect. That's really cool. Um, do you think because people have put their own money into this, it might... Because I feel like there's a lot of people when there's a remake of something, they'll be very excited until they see it, and it's not the exact same thing that they saw before, and they'll be like, this is bad. Do you think because people are putting their own money into it, that won't happen? Or do you think it just won't happen because Critical Role is just amazing, and (laughs) it just wouldn't happen? Yeah, they seem flawless, like they can do no wrong. I, I, I I do feel that way about them. But I also know people, and I know that mm-hmm. people are gonna. People fell in love with their table presence and their joking around. I don't know that people are gonna be equally as in love with a cartoon that has them going through the story and voicing the characters. Um, I don't know. It's it's just not the same. I think people, like you said, they're gonna think, "Oh, I love Critical Role. I'm obviously gonna love this," and they're gonna sit down and go, "Oh, well." I mean. I love Critical Role and I love seeing what they've done, but I don't necessarily enjoy my time on the couch with this. Yeah. Or they will. Uh, this has been on Twitter quite a bit, obviously. There's a lot of angry and excited people. And the angry <laughs> people think that the Critical Role folks are selling out and the happy people are just excited to get them anywhere closer to absolute fame and stardom. Um, and honestly, the... 
I'm I'm one of the happy people. I'm just want I want them to get everything they want. Um, I, I want them to just I want there to be a feature like length film that I can go watch at one point. I want there to be I want there to be so much of this content out there that the vast majority of the public starts getting into this game that we like, uh, and we get a much bigger percentage of the population joining us as we play. I think <clears throat> I think once that um, the animation drops, there's going to be a increase um, because once Critical Role dropped like and started playing and stuff, that's when there oh and five E like the fifth edition of um, Dungeons and Dragons, um, which is the game they switched from Pathfinder to Dungeons and Dragons when they switched to playing uh, online, and I think that's because of Five E, the fifth edition and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was a lot. I oh. think yeah, it was like a, a big part of it, and like that that all of like those two situations coming together, I think blew up the Dungeons and Dragons community because not mm -hmm. only do you have a way of looking into like Dungeons and Dragons and looking at it before you start like buying all of the things that you need to buy because there is a lot like there's a lot of things that you need to purchase or look into before you're able to like actually understand and play but being able to watch somebody play before you even get into it and stuff especially when a new one like drops like that I think it, it, it really helped push it and so with it being attached to like a little short animation and stuff I think that's going to take it in a whole different direction of like popularity yeah I agree I think especially for people like me who were very scared of D&D &D because of all of its rules and um, lore um, I know I know I've tried to sit down and watch Critical Role and it's not that it's not good because it is good and I did enjoy what I saw it was just like this is I don't know I so I think I'm really excited for this series because I'm definitely going to watch it like um there's there's no excuse for me not to watch this series anymore like I don't get the they're three hour long episodes excuse that I had and like even with four four, four, four to hour. five oh I'm <laughs> boo boo the fool um but even with like the adventure zone which I you know I adore and it's like one of my favorite stories ever I could not listen to the first arc because I was like, this is just a lot of D&D &D talk. And I, not that I don't love D&D because &D, I do like D&D. &D, it was just like hard to get into at first. And the graphic novel is the reason I started listening to the rest because mm. I, it was like that olive branch that mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. connected. Yeah, it, it connected really it cool. for me. So. And a good point too. So I see your point about how the animation is going to bring a lot more people in and, and, yeah. Extend the olive branch to new folks. Absolutely. Do you think now that you're more into Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, do you think you would willingly go like, be like, I love listening to D and D mechanics and stuff, or are you more yeah. into like? No, and that's like what's interesting. Sorry, I know we're talking about Critical Role. I don't keep meaning to go back to the Adventure Zone. It's just the only thing I have to go off of is like classic Kayla. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, there's two options: Critical Role or Taz. Like, yeah. Pick. And you did so, uh, and it's just like, um, even now I know I'm more interested in learning about the mechanics when they talk about it. Whereas before I was like, mm, gonna check out for this part. Y'all ain't saying funny stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, ooh, what does this mechanic do? That's interesting. When you find yourself cracking open the book to like look up a rule, that's mm -hmm. when you know you're in way too deep. Yeah. Did Matt Mercer just screw that up? Shuffle, 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 <laughs> shuffle. Nope. <laughs> uh, I think that 
when I started watching, it was when I started trying to learn the game. And so when they would talk about the rules, I would lean forward in my chair. And the thing that Critical Role did for me is it made me see what D&D was. Because up until then, I'd always heard, D&D, you got to know these rules. And I, I even bought a book once, and it was so thick. A lot of stuff <laughs> in there. and Scary. Uh, the, the reality is that when you sit and watch somebody play, you're like, oh... You're just using your mouth to make words. Yep. And sometimes you roll little dice and that's it? I thought this was hard and scary. So for me, it really just gave me a chance to sit back and watch people play and see what the deal was and realize that it was attainable. It was it was not only uh, an area that I could go and, and play around in. It was easy. Shockingly easy. For sure. My favorite parts were when they had like the different like characters and the different players come in like Dungeon Master and stuff because not Matt Mercer's like a whole <clears throat> excuse me a whole different level of like Dungeon Mastery and so when you see like somebody else go do the part and it's not that they're bad they're still good but they're they're not they're not like thirty years of experience like I know all of the rules this is phenomenal great you know but they're still storytellers so it it's nice to be able to see the different forms of um, DMing and being able to like it's like uh, choose your own DM or whatever like when you take those personality tests and you can see like what DM you're most like or whatever it's, it's just nice being able to see the variety and being able to be like ah that's the kind of DM I want to be I think the three of us know that we could talk about D&D for the next month and a half and if we focused exclusively on Taz Parker and I could sit back and just let Kayla run with it and we could I don't know start a business or something while she's going. I mean, I've got a coffee to finish, you know? <laughs> uh, but I have a feeling that there are a lot of people out there on their morning walk, their morning commute, their morning horse ride, whatever it is, uh, that might be coming, coming to their bus stop. And, and whether you are or not, we're coming to our bus stop and we're about to get off the bus. Uh, it's really good talking to everybody on this beautiful November 13th. I hope you have a, an amazing week. And until we see you next week, uh, enjoy enjoy media. Uh, we'll need to work on a better sign-off. Enjoy media, everyone. <laughs> uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.